Perfect people are boring. Perfect people are obnoxious because they're better than us. Perfect people are, above all, too good to be true. Howard Middlemark and Sandra Newman. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. Why do you have a bruised forehead? Because we spent the few hours prior to this recording looking up information about Mary Sue's, and they always make me smack my head against the table. This is a very hard granite. Not just Mary Sue's. Love triangles, red herrings. This month, for February, we are talking about tropes. Tropes are a common, sometimes actually often, overused theme or device that is used in storytelling. Like everything that I rail against in this podcast, I will say this about tropes. They have a place. Use with intention. Use sparingly. If you want to get more familiar with tropes, what they are, what kinds of tropes are out there, because there are lots, go to tvtropes.org. Plus, there's this cool button at the top that says random trope. I just hit the button. This one is baths are fun. This promotes the idea that taking a bath can be fun. This is usually in shows, books, or other works for very young children, although there's no law that says that it has to be. So, Bert and Ernie, there's one of them that always takes a bath and there's the rubber ducky song from Sesame Street. I've always had a hard time telling them apart. Same. I was not raised on the street. (laughs) (laughs) So, tvtropes.org, great resource for this. Today's trope, we're going to be talking about Mary Sue. We don't use that term lightly. We don't use it to apply to all female leads. I know there's a concern out there about that. I absolutely adore powerful main characters, women who are women in their characterization. And not defined by the guy that they're pining after. And that's the biggest problem that I have with a lot of YA and romance is that the main female character is totally defined by her counterpart and by the love interest. We are talking about the actual trope of a Mary Sue. We're going to talk a little bit more about women in fiction in our bonus episode at the end of the month. Yes, and this should be extra interesting because we have two women to talk about it. So let's get in first to what a Mary Sue is. A Mary Sue is important to the story, usually the main character of the story. You see this main character being perfect in every way. If they do have a flaw like, oh, they're clumsy, except for all forms of combat, that doesn't count. In a lot of modern YA fiction, they're described in a way that makes them seem plain, yet every single person loves them. Every single woman in the cast wants to be them, and every single guy wants to do them. You also find in these stories with a Mary Sue that the Mary Sue is overskilled. So they have superpowers where no one else has them. They have four different superpowers that don't relate in any way. And they are way more powerful than every single other person in the cast. I will refer back to our opening quote, perfect people are boring. And then the other aspect of a Mary Sue is that they are idealized, over-idealized. One thing with the Mary Sue that really sticks out is that they tend to not have a flaw. 
if they have a flaw, it's something like we mentioned earlier, where they're quote unquote clumsy, but amazing at fighting somehow. It's an attractive flaw. It's something that they can be coquettish about. The whole thing is very romanticized. When you have a character that has a flaw, that flaw should actually be an inhibition somehow. Some sort of thing that stops them or holds them back from their true ability. So if you have a character that is clumsy, they need to be truly clumsy. They can't be good at fighting. Last month's bonus episode, we talked about villains and the role that a good villain plays in a story. If you have a Mary Sue, your villain seems lame, seems weak. Your villain should be exploiting your main character's flaws across the board. If your main character's flaw is people are too attracted to them, how is your bad guy going to exploit that? Let's get in now to the origins of the term Mary Sue. This type of character has been around much longer than this. The term Mary Sue originally came from a Star Trek fan fiction written in 1974. It was a self-insert fiction. What that means is that the author wrote herself into the story, created a character for herself that was an idealized version of her. Self-insert fics were already popular. This term Mary Sue came from a parodied version of that. How do I know if my main character is a Mary Sue? I would say if you have a question, there's probably a good chance your character is a Mary Sue. There are different types of Mary Sues that you can use to kind of judge whether yours is or not. I'm going to go get the straight jacket. I'll be right back. (laughs) On TV Tropes, they have a list of different types of Mary Sues. So we're going to kind of list them out and then the TV Tropes description of them. There's the anti-Sue. I'm genuinely useless, but everybody still loves me. The black hole Sue. Everything is about me. The copycat Sue. I'm just like my favorite character, but even cooler. The fixer Sue. No, that's not how it's supposed to go. The god mode Sue. Power overwhelming. The jerk Sue. I'm a complete and utter and I have constant PMS. Love me. The Mary Sue. It's spelled T-Z-U. I knew you would do that. In fact, I knew you would do that before I even met you, because I'm just that good. The parody Sue. Why don't they fall for my buxom charms? The possession Sue. My favorite character is an even better version of me. Purity Sue. Love me. Relationship Sue. You're my boyfriend now. Sympathetic Sue. Feel sorry for me. 30 Sue Pileup? We are Legion. Villain Sue. I have you now, my beautiful slaves. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so after listening to that list, a character has come to mind, either in popular culture or something you've considered writing, something you've read. A character has come to mind where like, yes, I know what you're talking about. That is the Mary Sue. The worst thing is, is that some Mary Sues in writing are more than one of these. Oh yeah, they qualify in four different categories at least. Another way to tell if you have a Mary Sue is their counterpart. This is especially present in YA and romance. 
your male characters that are the counterparts to your Mary Sue are also very idealized. They are the most gorgeous men you have ever seen that when they take their shirt off, everyone just swoons. I say everything has a tool. Everything has a purpose. If you're not writing a farce or a comedy, please avoid this. Your characters have depth. They're interesting. I don't want to hate your main character because they're perfect in every way. And another thing about Mary Sue's is that they usually involve some sort of love triangle. We'll get more into the love triangle trope on February 13th. So it's called Mary Sue, so it only really applies to female characters, right? They actually have a term, well, two terms for the male version of this, because it is very possible to have a male version of a Mary Sue. Some people call it a Marty Stew or a Gary Stew if they're going for the rhyme. Same kind of things apply. You'll have the practically perfect in every way male character who the girls swoon over and then absolutely idealized versions of the females as well. You're going to see a lot of that in James Bond, especially the super classic James Bond, where he smokes a cigar after having sex with a beautiful woman and then can still run a four minute mile. It is a terrible thing to do to any character. It's a terrible thing to do to your reader. Let's be honest. (laughs) So how do we fix it? How do we avoid the Mary Sue in these genres like romance and YA that it's so common and so easy to fall into? I have two answers to that. One is if you haven't written the story yet and you have this idea of this character in your head and you realize, hey, this needs to happen, tone it back. One superpower is fine and break it up. Give those abilities to other characters. So they are dependent on somebody else to do something. Like you have the super sexy suave character who's the sidekick and gets all of the attention so that when your main character is described as plain, she can actually be plain. Everyone looks right past her toward the super sexy sidekick. The other concept to consider is more for people who have already written their book and they look back and go, oh my gosh, I have a Mary Sue. I go back to the villain go, okay, how does your villain have power over your main character? Make sure that's obvious and make sure that's not romantically involved in some way. You need to make sure that your character's flaws are deep and crippling. And most importantly, realistic. Yes. If you want a real feeling character that readers can relate with, you need to have realistic flaws. Because that's the main problem with a Mary Sue, is they're very shallow characters. And I think during that second edit, when you're reading it as an audience member, do you like the character? Not just that you created it, but when you're reading it as an audience member, is the character likable? Because honestly, that's part of how we solve this problem, is making sure we can connect with them on an emotional level. And that means... Write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>